five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, space enthusiasts. Israel and space. Let me tell you, as an investor, I'm very excited about Israel's potential in space. You got world-class universities like Technion, you got a really strong entrepreneurial culture and ecosystem, and you have existing aerospace expertise. So it seems like you have all the ingredients to make a great space ecosystem. Just to tell you, I've been to Tel Aviv already three times this year, and I don't think it's going to be the last time. So I thought it made sense to bring on the Director General of the Israeli Space Agency onto the podcast. His name is Uri Oron, and we talk about all things space in Israel. Enjoy. My name is Raphael Rotkin, and I'm an investor and advisor to space companies. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing should be taken as investment advice. This podcast is sponsored by Nanoavionics, a satellite manufacturer and mission integrator. Their technologies enable many space companies worldwide to offer services that improve life right here on Earth, such as providing global connectivity, conducting Earth observation, or contributing to scientific discoveries. Check them out and also check out my episode with the CEO and co-founder. Sadly, I am not a rocket scientist, but I'm an alumnus of the International Space University. ISU offers a number of educational programs about space worldwide. Check them out at isunet.edu. And just some final things before we start the episode about ourselves. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Spotify. If you want us help expand our work, you can do so and support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. And we'll also put that link in the episode notes. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Hello, space enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of the Space Business Podcast. And as longtime listeners know, it's called the Space Business Podcast. But even I, being a business person, I can't talk about business all of the time. So sometimes we have people who are not space entrepreneurs or space executives, but are just really other important and interesting people from the space ecosystem. Like today, it's my great pleasure to have the Director General of the Israeli Space Agency, Uri Aron. Welcome, Uri. Hi, great being here. Thanks for being here. And, you know, I've been to Israel already three times this year, just because, you know, we find the Israeli space ecosystem very interesting, which I'm sure you're happy to hear. And we'll talk about this. But Uri, why don't you start by giving us a little bit of background on yourself, please? Yeah, I will. Um, I retired uh, four years ago from, uh, let's say, a short short service in the Israeli Air Force of 32 years. I spent a little more than 32 years in the Israeli Air Force, I'm a fighter pilot. I flew almost all type of, of fighters in the Israeli Air Force. I command two squadrons. I command a base uh, in Israel. In my last assignment, I was the head of the Israeli Air Force Intelligence Division uh, for more than three and a half years. After I retired, um, I joined a startup uh, company dealing with AI capabilities, nothing to do with space. Uh, it was fascinating. It was related to some things that I've done in the past, but it was a whole new world. Um, and after two years, a little bit more than two years, um, I was on my way to the next chapter. And then came a phone call uh, suggesting me to take the responsibility of the Israeli on the Israeli Space Agency. At the beginning, it wasn't something that I planned. 
uh, going uh, to the public sector or even dealing with space. But uh, I told to those uh, people, okay, just give me about a week to have a chat with a few people and to read a little bit. <laughs> and basically, my emotion was, whoa, this is what not I expected. It's mm-hmm. it, it, That's a big story. That's a big story. Uh, uh, and I believe that Israel sits on a window of opportunity mm-hmm. to make space a generator and an engine for growth in economic perspective, as well as for science, educational and the Israeli um, standing in the international arena. But in mm-hmm. order to do that, we need to do a few things. But let's talk a little bit about this window of opportunity and why mm-hmm. it is actually exists. Now, there is two main factors. The one is, uh, and I'm sure that you and the listeners are, are familiar about it, is, is the huge change that happened in the last, let's say, decade in the space, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the space ecosystem internationally. U.S. is leading that. The private, uh, the private entrepreneurs uh, such as Elon Musk is leading that. But that's obvious. We're talking about um, um, space, space, uh, space economy that should reach uh, the amount of one trillion dollars within a decade. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. The second factor of this window opportunity mm-hmm. is the Israeli legacy. It's not, and that's maybe is not so well known. Israel was the eighth country to plan, build, launch, develop, and operate satellites by itself. It's mm-hmm. a very small club still. Um, let's mm-hmm. say 12 countries. Israel was number eight by the end of the 80s. Uh, uh, Israeli technology with the Bereshit uh, project was the fourth to reach to the moon. So basically, mm-hmm. we, we have the know-how of almost every part of this food chain of doing things in mm-hmm. space, maybe just you, you can you can put aside things such as uh, asteroid mining or or human space flight, but beside mm-hmm. that we have the know how we have the capabilities. So having this uh, the, those le- the, the, this legacy, where uh, with the Israeli attitude of doing startups uh, and, and, and entrepreneurs almost on a daily basis everywhere, adding that to the factor of the huge change in the in the space economy, then what you see, that's a huge opportunity. Because if the world is heading towards a $1 trillion space, space market, as a nation, we should have at least 1% of it. And that's my basic, that, that's my goal. And that's the main no, reason fantastic. why I took this assignment is to make it happen. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you can, we can discuss, okay, so what is the role of, go- of the government? Why? What is what is your part in it? But but just just to tell you my background yeah. and why I'm here, uh, that that's that's the reason. No, th- thank you, and we'll yeah we'll definitely talk about the role of the government and and frankly other stakeholders, right? Because there's the government, um, the civil government, right? Then in space, always very important the the, the the military side, which like you said, you had a short <laughs> career stint on on that side. There's um, investors, and we shall talk about all of that. But and it's funny actually you mentioned the um, the legacy, and I fully agree. I mean, it's, it's so impressive with Bereshit. We will talk about that, and of course, Bereshit two is is coming up uh, very soon as well. But I would also say, you know, one of the reasons that you know in my other role, not as a podcast host, but as an investor, I'm so excited about Israel is that, you know, you have the legacy in space, but you have the legacy also generally in deep tech and many ancillary industries, which are just important to space, like artificial intelligence and robotics, and even things like quantum computing or cybersecurity, which is going to become a huge topic in in space. I I, I totally agree. And that's one of the things that you can, when you discuss it with other people, they're not all the time realize the depth of space. 
Space is mm-hmm. something that when you dive or when you pull, you just you mean choose the direction. But when you go into it, it's basically it's it's, it's the whole world, uh, the whole world of technology, and actually the whole world of science is there. Because in order to move forward in space, you need to have physics, you need to have chemistry, you need to have mathematics. Yeah. Basically, you need to have everything. And today, when you're talking about nowadays, it's also a uh, 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 policy and and legal and and of course uh, 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 you know medicine. Everything is there. So, as an from a nation perspective, that's a huge interest. Let's take it. Let's move it forward. And by that, a lot of things will follow. That's why it is so important. And so, and in, and in that regard, it's unique because, because when you look at AI or even cyber, AI and cyber, in order to promote those kinds of worlds, you need to, you need to have a very ba- a strong and, 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 and solid uh, mathematical background. But mm-hmm. in order to move space forward, you need to have it all. Mathematic is not enough. You need to have it all. That's why it's so yeah. important. That's why it's so exciting as well, because in a disciplinary... Yep. So let's take a step back. So if you kind of take, you know, this, this I think this optimistic vision uh, that we share, both share about Israel's, um, it, that, that everything is in place for Israel, you know, become a very, what it already is, but become an even more important nation in space. Um, what does that mean for the strategy of the space agency, right? Because I mean, obviously, like any sort of government entity anywhere in the world, you know, you're operating within certain constraints, including budget constraints. And, you know, you probably can't do, you probably can't do everything you want to do, right? As, as anybody in the world, like even NASA can't do everything they want to do. So like, you know, people, and, and I follow the space agencies around the world and, and know them well, and people pick different things. So I'm, I'm just going to mention some examples, which you know, but just for the listeners benefit. So like, you know, Luxembourg, relatively recent focus space resources, that's the big thing. Australia kind of less focused on science, very focused on like interaction with like com- uh, commercial projects and the rest of the industry. Portugal, a lot of earth observation. Brazil, many things, but a lot of focus on their on their own launch side. And also roughly we have also this big divide between some, some of the agencies are more focused on developing commercial ecosystems, some are more focused on the on the science, on the science part. Where, where would you like, where do you see the Israeli Space Agency sitting? Where would you like it to sit on, you know? On, on this spectrum? Um, uh, I will not give you the short answer. We'll come yeah. back to the short answer in a second. The okay. long answer will be, first of all, what we need to do as a nation is to build mm-hmm. the right infrastructure and the right ecosystem. I think we should be very uh, uh, cautious about the government decision where where the market should go. Okay, We should be very, very cautious about it because we are not... I don't think we really can control the market. But if mm-hmm. we can, if we can to build the right infrastructure and to build the right ecosystem, and you mm-hmm. know Israel, I mean, entrepreneurs everywhere and people are, are mm-hmm. having every 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 person in Israel wake up with uh, at least two or three new ideas every day. Most of them are not relevant, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. uh, new ideas everywhere all the time. What we need to do is to build the right infrastructure and the right ecosystem. <clears throat> Why infrastructure is important? Because space is still difficult. Space is hard. Even mm-hmm. if you have a very good idea, in order to make it happen, you need to have the infrastructure. And in that regard, I think that's the role of the government, to build the right infrastructure to make those ideas flourish. Having said mm-hmm. that, and I'm still remembering your question, I think there is at least two areas that Israel could be a very relevant and, 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 a, and a strong player. One is everything that connected to big constellations of small satellites in Leo, okay? 
Why is that? I'm not suggesting we should compete with Starlink or with OneWeb, but Israel mm-hmm. industry and Israel entrepreneurs could be very, could be very, very relevant in building a very significant components in that regard. The world is heading mm-hmm. that way. Money is going to be there. We could be re- very relevant because Israel industry could be part of this food chain, navigation, engines, microprocessors, and, and so everything. Yeah. yeah, everything. So, so uh uh taking that area and 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 focus on where are the problems or where can we uh, uh innovate things that could be relevant to big constellations of small satellites that could be very relevant to the israeli industry we know how to do things small i i, I think you're mm-hmm. aware but just very you know uh very interesting fact israel is the only country that launched <clears throat> its rockets west everybody is launching east mm-hmm. We are the only mm-hmm. one that's launching at West due to uh, mm-hmm. your, uh, uh, sure. your political. But that yeah. that makes us make the industry need to deal with that such a constraints and build things small without leaving uh, you know the, the quality aside. We still keep the quality, but we we do it in 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 much small mass. So one area is those big constellations uh, of, of small satellites. The other mm-hmm. area. that I think Israel could be a very, very relevant player is what we call the downstream applications. Mm, yes. Downstream applications, because eventually, in the, at least in the upcoming future, in the upcoming years, uh, what I believe, money or, or the way you're going to monetize space is through those applications. It should be communication. Mm-hmm. It will be Earth observation, but it will end up with some kind of an application that will help you live your life better using space mm-hmm. assets. In Israel, mm-hmm. I think we can, and, and you can put that or, or add the layer of AI or even add the layer of cyber into it. So downstream applications and big constellations in low orbit, those are two areas that I think Israel could be a very, very relevant player. But again, going back to the role of the government, what we should do is to build the right infrastructure and the right ecosystem in order to make it happen. You know, no, no fully agreed. And I mean, there's... Um... What's interesting in your focus areas, I mean, there's already ex- various examples of startups I'm familiar with in Israel for both, um, you know, the, uh, small sat- satellite components, right, whether it's propulsion systems or or sensors. Funnily enough, I was speaking this morning to a group at the Weiss- Weizmann Institute, which is actually uh, focused on the miniaturization of sensors. <laughs> so there, there you go. So there and, you um, go. And on the downstream, on the downstream, downstream side, you know, I immediately think like there's examples like uh, uh, Tyrannus, which is like intelligence for for agriculture, which is not only using space data, but that actually That's also right. makes sense if you space data with, with with other data. So you mentioned the importance of building the infrastructure, and you probably didn't mean only physical infrastructure, right? Just just to clarify, because sometimes people hear this and it's like, oh, is is Uri talking about building like you know launch sites and space stations and things like that? I think you mean mean this in a broader sense, right? That's right. So, so let's let's take at least three examples of what 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 I call infrastructure. Okay, <clears throat> one is really physical. What we want to build is one stop shop for the entrepreneur to build uh, uh, up to a 150 kilogram of satellites or relevant components in this installation. Okay, so what the government will do is to build this infrastructure that will be a one-stop shop for the entrepreneur. It, it, it will have those vacuums, uh, uh, chambers, and everything that, 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 that related to that. He can come, he can work, he can basically build his prototype uh, in this infrastructure. I don't want each one of those you know, entrepreneurs to go and build it or to go and buy 
those 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 facilities yeah. in, in a big money this is this is a physical yeah. infrastructure <clears throat> but this, in this infrastructure what we're going to have is not only the physical infrastructure but also the functional uh, uh, infrastructure meaning people that could help him how to reach to space what needs to be done even legal issues so 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 the government will basically uh, uh, will bring to the entrepreneurs the whole facility it needs in order to move forward so this is one example another example mm-hmm. that is it's less physical but i think it's crucial <clears throat> is what i call access to space if mm-hmm. you and i will have an idea and we'll go to this one stop shop and we'll build something by the end of the day we'll need to earn some space heritage and that's it, it, even with the reduced cost of of launch and everything that still could be some kind of an obstacle at least to <clears throat> a few of those uh, entrepreneurs so here's another place that the government could could play a role we can mm-hmm. bring those th- those technologies and activities to space in order to earn space heritage they can do it by mm-hmm. themselves but this is another area that the that the nation or, or or the government should be involved because it's difficult at least to some of those startups the mm-hmm. third example which i still consider as part of the infrastructure is to bring uh the government to the realization of the use of space in order to promote its objectives in other words mm-hmm. i'm taking the role as the space agency to take all the needs of other government entities such as agriculture such as hls agency environmental issues uh and and and, and at least we have a between 25 and 30 different issues that right now are are issues for the mm-hmm. government entities that i i believe that we can give answers to them using space capabilities now why that is the infrastructures back because by the end of the day the one what will give the solution will be the industry it's not going to be the space mm-hmm. agency the industry will give the solutions so you see mm-hmm. when you when you look at it as as an infrastructure as a layer that the government is basically built in order just to promote and move forward the mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole industry it's not only physical some of this it's much more mm-hmm. conceptual issues Yeah, we totally totally agree and let let me actually because I I actually take a very broad view beyond the physical like yourself on this. So let me ask about a few other potential elements which I personally consider sort of part of a wider infrastructure to to enable and foster a, a private commercial space ecosystem. So what about what about education? I think your agency is technically part of the Ministry of Science, right? And you have world-class universities like Technion you know putting out very um talented engineers but not all of them may even be aware of the opportunity of space right uh, uh, definitely and that's that's a great question so let's talk not only about education but also about science because mm. this is and and if you go if you know if you go by age then you start with education but in order to have those deep take capabilities you need to have the education and you need to have the 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 connection between education and then those uh, academies and you mentioned the technion but technion is not the only one and you mentioned uh, the weizmann institute and it's not the only one so let's talk about education what do we do in the in the space uh, in the space industry first of all we focus ourselves basically on the high school on the high school level and mm-hmm. uh, and the main objective is to reach to the point that every year we're going to have between 2000 and 4000 graduate high school graduate that will have a real feeling of space 
and a motivation to deal with space. And how we do that? We do that mainly by a project uh, called Tevel. I'm not, no, I don't know if you're familiar with Tevel. Tevel is the Hebrew acronym of Students Building Satellites. Mm-hmm. Last January, last January, uh, uh, January 2022, we launched from Cape Canaveral eight nanosatellites. Each one of those satellites was built by a different community, by a different high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was 9th and 10th grade, or it was 10th and 11th grade. Like 20, 25 kids building those one, one U or two U satellites, building it and launch it after two years. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And they could be boys and girls. They could be Arabs or Jews. They could be religious, secular. It was eight different mm-hmm. groups that built the same, mm-hmm. the same satellite. Those, uh, 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 those, it was like 200 kids. Those 200 kids finished the high school with real motivation and real experience, space is not something to, you know, it's not too far away. They had the experience. And we believe that at least half of those after the military service or other services, Mm -hmm. they will join the academy or the industry. Mm -hmm. What we need to reach is to reach the number of thousands Mm -hmm. because then you've got the real feeling of dealing with space. And we just Mm -hmm. kick off the second TVL program a month ago with another seven, uh, seven different communities and we are moving forward. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of things that we are taking responsibility as a space agency in, in the education system in order to promote it. And there is, mm-hmm. there is, there is at least one or two other projects that in, but they are focused in that uh, exactly in this, uh, in this area. And then, and then mm-hmm. let's move to science. The goal in science is to promote uh, uh, science in the field of space because we believe that Israel must have a very solid and very strong uh, uh, scientific community doing space. It goes go all the way from astrophysics to engineering to everything. In Israel, there's hundreds, mm-hmm. hundreds of of, scienti- of of active scientists doing space. And actually, in 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 Israel, in every institution, academy institution, in every each one of those, you will find space in each one of those. You mentioned two, the Technion and, and Weizmann, but you're going to find it in Tel Aviv and in Ben Gurion mm-hmm. and in other places. Mm-hmm. In every one, you will find it. And and, mm-hmm. and what we need to do is to promote it. And one of the, mm-hmm. and, and I guess the, 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 the flagship in that regard is the Ultrasat. The Ultrasat project, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. we are building, we are building actually most of the funders coming from the Israeli Space Agency. The Ultrasat project is, uh, is a space telescope um, going to um, uh, situation in a geoposition, uh, looking from space to space. It's a UV telescope uh, that will uh, uh, will 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 basically will be able to uh, locate and 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 to monitor and take uh, take pictures of uh, of uh, things such as supernovas, bringing down to Earth mm-hmm. to the Weizmann Institute all the information. And make it as the as the basic data to a very very advanced uh, uh, um, scientific researches uh, in, in astrophysics. Mm-hmm. So so the the, mm-hmm. the so the space agency is basically is is funding most of it. It's a joint uh, effort with other industries in Israel, and it's with of course with the Weizmann Institute. So that's two examples of how you connect mm-hmm. education, science. And eventually, that would it will fuel the 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 whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, great. So you have obviously the world class universities and institutes, and they're they're, they're generating this very talented, um, you know, qualified um, people who can become entrepreneurs or employees or, or, or researchers. You also have amazing technologies being developed. So the next step, next step then, is to obviously to sort of like you know foster the the the, the startup, the comp the company building, right? And that kind of comes to topics like. You know, um, how do you work with, you know, people who like, you know, incubators, accelerators, and there's now some in Israel, shout out to um, Starburst has a presence in Israel, uh, another one just started um, Earth and Beyond Ventures, and um, there might be some I'm forgetting now. And how do you foster sort of the startup building, right? There's a work with incubators, accelerators, with, with other like investors, I guess, like myself, and there's some, you know, sort of local versions of myself. Um, you know, I don't know whether you've also kind of directly support startups financially with grants or whether that's, for example, going by the um, Israeli innovation authorities, but how do you support the, the ambitious startup entrepreneur who has decided to embark on that space startup? So, so, so yes, um, uh, we are doing that mostly uh, through or with the Israeli uh, Innovation Authority. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we not we will not go into the details of the budget and now the budget flow. It's not really relevant, but uh, we are using yeah. those uh, exactly those engines in order to support directly those startups, as well as to promote those incubators. So this is this is uh, one of the uh, I guess one of the main uh, main tools that we are using, but we are doing even more than that because I believe. Our probably biggest um, challenge is to bring awareness to those startups, to those to the entrepreneurs, because at least in Israel, most of the entrepreneurs will go to the areas of, let's say, cyber, AI, mm-hmm. automotive, mm-hmm. maybe today food tech, space mm-hmm. because space it's still difficult to some of those yeah. space seems to be real you know real far away the ROI. Is long term, so mm-hmm. so those when you use your, uh, we are calling them those youngs, but not uh, not necessarily always young. But those entrepreneurs, a lot of them are reaching for relatively short ROIs. Space, it's it's in a different world. Mm. So what we are doing, mm-hmm. we are doing a lot of awareness uh, 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 things. Uh, actually, go and talk with people, go and talk with those mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Do, talk, go and uh, and speak to those uh, uh, youngsters. And tell them the story of, hey, big things are happening in space. There is a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities. Divert at least, you know, uh, what I want to do is, uh, let's say, 10 kids or, or, or 10 young people uh, uh, in Israel. What I need to have is at least two or three of those to look at space as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Today, we are not there because they are not aware to the potential of space. And mm-hmm. again, I told, you, I told you my personal, you know, my personal story. I was not aware to the potential mm. of space. Yeah. They should be I wasn't. <laughs> they should be they should be aware uh, yes. uh, of, of the potential of space. And in that regard, uh, those podcasts, things that you are doing, they are very relevant. Mm. People are mm-hmm. not aware to to the potential of space. Uh, and mm. in that regard, it's not only uh, help them with money, it's also bring awareness to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, this is of course an again. Thank you for being here today. This is precisely, you know, why I started the podcast because I see this. It's it's not only in Israel. This is sort of a worldwide um, need. Actually, Israel to some extent may already have an advantage in sort of generating this awareness because, you know, I I think the importance of something like the Bereshit mission is is probably immense in creating national awareness. You're 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 absolutely right. Uh, uh, we try to compare the Apollo effect with the Bereshit effect. I know you. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of. The Apollo effect in the in the U.S. Uh, in the 60s and 70s, 
And there is a Bereshit effect in Israel. Uh, we cannot really measure it because the numbers are, are not uh, as big as in the U.S., but there, there is a Bereshit effect. The fact that uh, this uh, amazing project reached to the moon, yes, we experience what we call hard landing, but hey, this is the way you learn. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but the whole nation was was basically attached to the screens and, and waiting to see what's happened. And and the Bereshit, uh, the Bereshit project was amazing. And yes, we have the Bereshit 2. We are moving forward with the Bereshit 2 project. Right now, it's scheduled to launch um, by the end of 25, beginning of, mm-hmm. beginning of 26. <clears throat> the Bereshit project, again, it's going to be a, a not-for-profit uh, project uh, made by Space IL. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Israeli government will be involved in, in some amount, but again, it's a private, uh, uh, private uh, entrepreneur will run it. Um, the, 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 star, the, the spaceship will reach to the moon and will send for the first time two lenders <clears throat> to two different spots on the moon. Each lender mm-hmm. will carry scientific and educational missions. Uh, uh, the data will go back to the spacecraft that will orbit the moon the lunar, uh, the moon for let's say two or three years, and the data will go back to Earth to uh, uh, basically to build an educational and scientific programs. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're actually going to start the educational part of it by the end of 24, beginning of 25. We'll start the educational program in Israel, doing with Bershi too, because what we want to do is to have those kind of, of, of projects inside schools and high school dealing with the Bereshit at least a year prior to the launch. So, so mm-hmm. yes, Bereshit is an amazing project. Again, and look at the difference. It came from the totally private sector. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the idea, most of the funding is coming from there. But uh, if, we'll, if we'll act uh, uh, efficiently enough, it could harness a lot of ideas and a lot of, 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 of energy towards a very, very interesting and bright future dealing with space in that regard, the lunar surface. And you mentioned Bereshit, but Israel also signed the Artemis Accord. And the, yeah. in, in Artemis One, we do have some technology, in Israeli technology on board the Artemis One. Uh, it was the, yes. the protecting, the, the Astrorad, the radiation protection, uh, protective suit made by Stemrad. Uh, we are just right now analyze the uh, the outcome of of, of this uh, um, uh, scientific uh, effort. We believe we know it's it was very very successful, and right now we are working to understand and to realize the um, the Israeli uh, contribution to the <clears throat> to the rest of the Artemis program. Uh, we don't know exactly what's what that technology is going to be, but we are working on that to identify. And to decide, of course, with NASA and other partners uh, about the the uh, the next uh, or or the upcoming uh, contribution of Israel to this amazing program. Mm-hmm. And 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 of course, Bereshit is not the only sort of uh, high profile space project. I mean, I definitely also have to talk about um, the the Axiom One mission and um, what's what's called the the, the Rakia project. Uh, in Israel, if, if only if I don't, then my friend Melody is going to be very upset with me. But it's no, of course no, no. We don't, we don't. this is a, a very this is a very prominent project. For people who don't know the Axiom One, so this um, private astronaut mission that um, Axiom flew to the International Space Station. It had an American astronaut. It has a well, it had two American astronauts, a Canadian astronaut, but it did also have, um, if I'm not mistaken, a fellow fighter, ex-fighter pilot, actually, um, Eitan Stibber. 
as the second Israeli to, to reach space. So I'm sure that also had a, a similar effect to, to Bereshit and sort of the national awareness. Um, yeah, definitely. Ethan is a very good friend. Uh, and he did a lot in order to promote <clears throat> space awareness uh, to Israel by, by executing uh, the, the Rakia or the AX-1 mission. Uh, and again, thousands, actually hundreds of thousands of people were uh, engage with the activities of the Rakia, uh, the Rakia mission during uh, last year. It was exactly a year ago. So yes, it was uh, it was an amazing uh, amazing things to see. But again, look at it from 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 a very interesting and, and, and a different perspective. What happened here in Rakia or in AX One is those private people joined to a private company, going to the International Space Station built by governments in order to execute dozens of activities and experiments, all of them came from different entities, from hospitals, academies, and even, you know, uh, art. This is the story mm-hmm. of new space, the connection between private, public, government. Now, when we talk about mm-hmm. new space, this is new space. That's why I think AX-1 and the Rakia mission was so important. It's not government only. Mm-hmm. It's exactly mm-hmm. the combination between private, public, governments in order to move it forward this is what we need and in that regard uh, Eitan, x1 rakia was a great 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 example of how things should be done in the future mm-hmm. and so what i said i mean you're actually in this very fortunate um, you know position that even as a small country you have these really high profile private initiatives so tangibly then as part of the government as a space agency how do you sort of what are some examples how you tangibly work together with these private initiatives uh it, it, it's it's a good questions uh, uh what we are doing is first of all we are contact uh, uh and i always ask them okay what i need to do what do you need from me mm-hmm. uh and it's uh, um a lot of times it's end up well with us we just want to be with you we, we just need the government to be with us mm-hmm. it's not always the money issue is the understanding of the importance. And in that regard, because the, the private sector, all those private entities that are still seeking not the approval, but the, 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 the partnership with the government and the entity. And that's, something, that, that's mm-hmm. something important that we, the government, need to understand. They are seeking this, uh, uh, this, uh, um, this kind of partnership in order to strengths the importance of what they are doing okay and in that regard this is exactly sometimes we are trying to provide some funding but a lot of times what mm-hmm. we are trying to, fund, to 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 provide is for example access to high school access to other mm-hmm. government ent- entities uh even access to the media mm-hmm. and this is something that we can do it's not always it's not always just money and funding is the understanding that the need is real the need is a national need and in that regard mm-hmm. we are we are allowed to cooperate what we need to do is to discuss and have this kind of, of understanding of what exactly do you need from us it's not only money mm-hmm. makes sense and let me ask about uh, just two more elements which are also coming back to the what we call the infrastructure right and building the right infrastructure to foster the space ecosystem um so one is sort of the legal, the, you know, having a friendly legal framework for people to operate in. Right? You also, we already mentioned the Artemis Accords, which of course are sort of in, in, inter- international accords, right? But um, I should know, but I don't. But for example, is there something like a space law in Israel or 
how how does it work on a regulatory front? Good question. Uh, Israel don't have space law yet. Yet. Yeah. The word is yeah, Israel don't have a space law yet. We are working on that because we are reali- we realize that we need one. Uh, the Israeli culture is not usually runs to put things under a low framework. Uh, we sometimes try to solve them other ways, uh, but we understand that we need and we are working uh, on, an, on a space law right now. <clears throat> the interesting thing about it is that I think that uh, uh, putting things in the right uh, legislative framework is also an opportunity because then you can establish the right process within the government to develop the space ecosystem. Uh, I think there is, in space law, it's not only a constraint. If and when we will build it right, we can use the space law as uh, an opportunity to put the right framework uh, on, on in order to the government and government entities to help them develop those uh, those the space ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understood. And then the other part of the what I'd call the infrastructure, I want to ask you about is sort of like the um, your interactions, relationships with other parts of the economy, including you know. Um, uh, obviously, the, the the non-space side of the economy. So, like you know, big, significant corporate players who maybe could use space, probably a lot of them, but un, you know, maybe not aware of that yet. Are you trying to foster that interaction as well? Is that happening? So, so yeah, we we are working on that. Uh, a yeah. lot of my time is exactly towards those uh, other players <clears throat> in the government entities and other entities. Uh, mm-hmm. Again. Tell them the story. Things are changing. Access to space is much easier. You can achieve, uh, uh, or you can, we can bring value to your issues. And again, basically mm-hmm. what I found is most of the time, they just don't know the story. Mm-hmm. For them, we are stuck in the middle of the 80s or the 90s. The space is only government or space is only science. It's, it's only, you know, those going to the moon or, or very difficult or very big satellites. They don't know the whole thing. Uh, so just tell them the opportunities. <clears throat> the one that we are really now aware or the one that just, you know, uh, uh, are very close, uh, close by. And by telling those entities what we are, and, and we can see it coming, we can see it happening, is those other entities, government or even big industry companies, they start to realize the potential of space. And I can see it in Israel Big groups are 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 um, uh, taking space into consideration much more than in the past. Uh, they could be, mm-hmm. you know, the in the in the banking uh, infrastructures, uh, <clears throat> big entrepreneurs that are not dealing with space. They start to talk about space. Uh, a big organization are talking about space uh, when where they didn't do that in the past. So, so the answer is yes, but again, I always, I, I tell them, okay, we are like in the middle of the nineties when the internet was something that was mm-hmm. just started. Nobody yeah. thought about Airbnb or WhatsApp, but it was somewhere yeah. over there in the future. I don't know what's going to be mm-hmm. the mobile eye or the Airbnb of space in the yeah. next decade, but something will be there. I want us to be part mm-hmm. of it. 
Yeah, and enable that. That that makes perfect sense. So kind of tying this all together, sort of as we're kind of coming towards the end of the podcast, um, I, I think, um, fortunately, we have quite a few listeners in, in Israel as well. So like, it's just sort of like, you know, one message you want to leave with them, like the person, especially the person who may have some interest in space and hence is listening to this podcast, but hasn't really, you know, <laughs> embarked on the full journey yet. One short sentence. Mm. Space is open to business. Join the ride. Space is open for business. Join the ride. That's fully agree. That's a good one. And and where we have one traditional final question always on, on this podcast, which is it's a space podcast, right? So um, pe- people typically like science fiction. And so if you if that's the case for you as well, um, would you share some of your favorites in science fiction? It could be books or movies or TV shows or anything. Well, uh, uh, surprisingly, um, I'm not a, really a guy of, of, of science fiction. I um, Most of my readings goes back to history uh mm-hmm. but but and nevertheless uh, as a kid starship was uh something that i uh, i haven't uh, i didn't miss waiting for those episodes uh when i was a kid but um maybe maybe because of my background uh, i'm i'm focusing myself uh in history but what you can mm-hmm. find very very relevant that even even by looking at the past you realize the importance of those dreamers. Sometimes mm-hmm. they call them, you know, those crazy peoples and the importance of, of science in order to make things happen. So I do understand the importance of looking uh, into those uh, episodes. Uh, but I guess uh, Starship was was the one Star- that I was... Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Mean Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek sure. is something that I was very, very. Uh, that was, I guess, Star Trek was was one of my favorite as a kid. Good stuff. As a kid. So I, I let, so I'll do something that I usually don't do. I give you a recommendation, um, just because it's um, a fellow ex fighter pilot, uh, Chris Hatfield. He wrote a novel called yeah. The Apollo Murders, and it's an absolute. It's like alternative history. It's sort of like takes place during the Apollo days, but with a hypothetical. Um, Further Apollo mission. That's a purely military mission. I think you may enjoy Which that. Which one? Apollo. What was the name? It's called the Apollo, the Apollo Murders. Apollo it's Murders. Yeah, it's a thriller. It's, <laughs> it takes place on the moon and in orbit. It's a book. It's a book. It's a or it's a novel. It's a novel. Yep. Well, let's 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 uh, let's take some homework. I um I'll take my homework to read it. Uh, and you'll take the homework to have another episode with me like uh, a year from now and to see what's changing. Sure. With, with, with great pleasure. And um, I hope to be back in Israel. I'm, I went three times already this year. I hope to be back in June. And again, I think this is a, is a sign of how excited we as investors are about the Israeli space ecosystem. But Uri, thank you so much for coming on today about explaining a little bit what Israeli Space Agency is doing. And I hope to give some inspiration to our listeners in Israel and, and frankly, everywhere. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's it for another nominal episode of the Space Business Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Also consider supporting us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. If the podcast got you interested in learning more about the business opportunities in the space economy, check out my new online course on space entrepreneurship on udemy.com. The link is in the episode description. Lastly, 
If you have any feedback, including ideas for guests, and that may include yourself if you have an exciting space story to tell, or interested in being a sponsor, drop us an email at spacebusinesspodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing you for the next episode.